Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are some situations in life that catch us so off guard that for a moment, if not a few moments, our bodies are paralyzed. It's like our brain shuts off. We forget how to cry out with words that we've been speaking since children, since being children. We forget how to move our feet to run away. We forget how to even reach out our hands. And if it's so traumatizing, we may even forget how to breathe. It sounds so silly when you say it out loud. These are all things that you do constantly without thinking of it. But this is what our nightmares are made of. Helpless, hopeless situations that we cannot seem to escape. There is something that our gospel lesson most certainly teaches us. It's about unbelief. Unbelief that is an absence of faith in Jesus Christ, maybe not altogether, but even the doubts which creep in are all considered unbelief. And unbelief can and is absolutely terrified at what it experiences in this life. It can cause people to forget the most basic and simple things. And it can do such a thing to the degree that you become paralyzed and in fact can do nothing whatsoever. (laughs) Unbelief compels the body and the mind to panic so as to forget altogether all the goodness, all the mercy, all the miracles, and all the work that Jesus has done in this life. Everything that you've learned. Everything that you've been catechized to know. Now, on the other hand, we also learn about faith. Faith that is fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Or in other words, faith is in what is unseen. And yet, faith is also grounded on the very firm promises from the words that you have so gathered by the Holy Spirit From the Holy Bible. Faith accompanies the saints upon the earth, and it experiences the same tragedies, the same sufferings and terrors that unbelief does, but it handles them differently. It does not change by what it sees. Faith does not paralyze, but rather faith moves. It enlivens the person so that they awake and so that they call out to awaken Christ, to act, to save. Faith does this through prayer and supplication. You know, when the disciples entered that boat following after Jesus, who among us would have questioned whether or not they had faith? Probably none of us. They went where Jesus was going. That sounds like faith. Faith desires to follow Christ. It desires to be in the presence of the Lord and remain in the presence of the Lord. But then, at the thundering of the clouds, at the crashing of the waves, at the boat filling up with water, and rocking back and forth, poof, gone is the faith. Like the change of the weather. 
when the sun was not there, when the peacefulness of the water was not there, they see take to flight all the things which make a sailor confident. All the things that they had trusted in disappeared so quickly, and what was to be an uneventful trip across the lake turned into a story that could have ended like Gilligan's Island. When the calm and peace of the lake disappear, so also disappeared their calm and peace, which they had in their hearts and minds. And so conscious of it or not, where had they placed their faith? It was not just in their ability as sailors. Because remember, not all of them were fishermen. What does a tax collector know about a sail? What does a tax collector know about how to row a boat? We make fun of those sorts of things. No, they had placed their faith in what their eyes saw in nature. That they all shared in common. And what could their unbelief do for them when they saw tragedy about to strike? Did it remind them of Jesus' miracles and his preaching? Did it teach them of their salvation, which is the deliverance from this life, safely in Jesus' arms? Did it point them to the safety that they have as being the children of God and found in the presence of the living God on earth? Did it do any of those things? No, not one. Unbelief could not do that. It saw the waves heaping into the boat and the sea and all creation threatening them with death and destruction. And unbelief opened the door to their home and welcomed in fear, terror, even despair, and they trembled. That's what unbelief does. It does not batten down the hatches, as they say, and make the body remain secure and safe in Christ, but instead it opens the door. So that unbelief altogether makes death even worse than what it would be if you had faith in Christ. It makes death even worse because it, might, it invites into the mind and body, uncertainty, chaos, unrest, torment, and any affliction which finds a door wide open. And why? Why, why, why does unbelief do that? Because unbelief knows no peace or rest other than what it can see, other than what it can touch, what it can smell, what it can taste. It knows no other peace than those things. It cannot touch what is unseen. So that means that faith in Christ must be altogether different because it sees beyond the natural wind and the waves. It sees even beyond the pain that the cold water would have made them to suffer pelting the face and the body. Faith is so powerful that it in fact drives away the wind and the waves and the whole amount of sea, the threatening perils to life, all of it. Faith pushes it away from the mind And there, pictured in the mind of the believer, is the almighty power of God, who was the one who even set the stars in place, who spoke and said to the waters, you may go no further, and the land must be dry. That's what faith does. It secures 
the believer in the promises of God's word. Faith is the sure and certain anchor in heaven, and so you cannot be moved. It doesn't matter what storm comes about. With faith, you have peace. Faith makes it so that the waters, even though they are raging, are like the beautiful mornings that I remember waking up on Lake Erie, where it was so glass-like, you could barely tell the difference between where the sky ended and the waters began, or vice versa. It is a peace which the world cannot give. The power of faith is that it's not so much attached to what is visible as it is attached to what is invisible and what is promised by God. God desires that you have such faith. But it's not something you can somewhat conjure up and make for yourself. This is faith which he gives. This is the faith that he grants to you. This is the faith that he even, at his word, emboldens in the heart of a Christian. Because you are going to be faced with temptations. You are going to be faced with many things that God did not design for this life, but which came about as a result of our sin. You're going to be faced with terrors, demons, the threat of death, the threat of the world, the powers of Satan? And how can you and I face such things? How can we do it? The world tries to conquer it. The world tries to conquer death by its own means. But as soon as the possibility even of death is right in front of us, each flees to his own abode. They don't stand together. No, each has his own place of safety and leaves the other alone. But what about the faithful? Where do we stand? We stand together as the body of Christ, built up on the rock of Christ. Faith opposes death by the life of Christ. Faith takes hold of even our own bodies that would otherwise be paralyzed and breathless in the face of such calamity or a body that would be free and unbridled in the midst of temptation and sin. Because why not, right? What is that saying? Uh, uh, let Let us rise up and drink and play for tomorrow we die. Something along those lines. Why not, right? But what does faith do? It takes hold of that body and it speaks the words of God. It subdues the flesh. It subdues those foolish thoughts because we are brought to be in the presence of Christ. And we know what Christ accomplished by his death. Faith permeates the mind, the body, the heart, so that the raging world and the powers of Satan are made to retreat. They cannot run against an impervious shield which God has raised up in the heart of the Christian. The shield of faith, 
which extinguishes every flaming dart of the evil one. St. John writes in his first epistle, he says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, that's where we go with faith, to the Son of God. And nothing and no one on earth, no power that be, nor all the raging of creation has been able to overcome the Son of God. He went willingly and laid down his life. No one took it from him. He rose up and calmed the storm the wind and the waves, just by speaking a word. He didn't even threaten. All creation knows its creator. All creation must bow to the Son of God. Nothing can stand against him. But that also means that no guilt of sin, no demon, no force of creation, certainly not even death itself, can remove this Lord's victory. His victory over sin, death, and the grave will stand and remain. So then what again of unbelief? Unbelief is the only way that you can be terrified in this world. It makes you to give way to what you see with your eyes before you. And that's when you begin to believe that you have lost and that you are certainly perishing forever. Your heart will no doubt be tempted to deny the power of Christ, who even has the power to calm the wind and the waves. Your heart will be tempted to doubt the words of Scripture, to doubt the words of Jesus, even to doubt those words Your sins are forgiven. But know that he was pierced upon the cross for those words to be given. All of these things that God has given to us are meant to embolden our faith. Because not even the grave is able to stand against Christ. But you may be tempted to believe that you will forever be entombed and return to the dust. But guess what? Christ rose from the dead. And he promised that all who believe in him, he shall raise up on the last day and give eternal life to all believers. God teaches us in this miracle something profound. He teaches the disciples that through this storm, just as he has often done with you in the storms of your life, That no matter what the outbreak is, whatever the tempest that rages about, faith in Christ is all that ends up mattering. We are made to really see the faith that we have. But it's not in order that we are led down to despair. We are made to see the faith that we have in order that Christ would prevail over our unbelief. 
The disciples came to learn and recognize that some such temptations will come upon them. And they learned to turn away from those temptations with faith in the Son of God. When faith is tried, when it is exposed in times of testing, it does not have to depart. It can remain, however weak it might be, so long as it turns to Christ. Faith is going to be tried. It's going to be tested. But it doesn't have to look like a boat crashing upon the sea because there are many storms that rage right between these two ears. I know it's there. So where are you going to turn? Who has the power to deliver you from all these things? The one who has victory is the one who believes in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. At the end of all these disciples trying their strength, they abandoned all reasonableness, all hope, and they turned to Jesus. They didn't think to themselves, gosh, I bet he's never rowed a boat or set a sail, a son of a carpenter. They just turned their thoughts to his divine ability to put themselves completely in his miracle-working hands, as each and every one of us should do each day. So do it. Jesus will gently rebuke you for your doubts so that you do not hold on to them, but so that you cast them into the sea from which they came. And then he will take you out of that and give you a resting place nearest him, where he will remind you that wherever he is, there you will also be found. So you may have come to the very end of this sermon and said to yourself, Pastor, I believe. Help my unbelief. How do I get such faith? And I'll keep it very simple for you. Have faith like a child. That's what Jesus says. Have faith like a child. Hear the words of your heavenly Father and believe them. Believe them just as if It was your own parent, except he is the perfect father. He will care for you, and he will do it to your greatest benefit, your deliverance, your salvation, your eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.